Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Free Thought Project podcast. Uh, today, we're privileged to have with us uh, Mike Overstreet, the host and producer of the Kratom Guy Show. It's a, basically a show dedicated to discussing Kratom and news and current events and the latest in Kratom science and herbal alternatives. Mike's work's been influential in the Kratom community. He's had all these renowned doctors and advocates for Kratom on, and he's currently uh, invested in a documentary about the injustices related to Kratom and uh, all these other botanicals that the police state tends to go after. Um, joining him is John Griggs, a uh, former law enforcement officer who has shifted gears a bit from being a cop to becoming an advocate for Kratom, which is awesome. I highly applaud that. <laughs> uh, with John's perspective from uh, upholding the law to challenging the legalities surrounding botanical substances is definitely gonna you know, add some insightful layers to our conversation today. Uh, which we're going to talk about two disturbing cases that uh, highlight the urgent need for legal reform in this country. Maybe maybe even outright resistance. <clears throat> These two cases involve Shayna Brown and Marshall Price. Shayna's an Alabama resident who is uh, currently in a cage rotting and facing a potential life sentence for the mere possession of a small amount of Kratom. She had crossed an imaginary line drawn on a map between Florida and Alabama and was 200 feet away from where it is legal to purchase Kratom when she was arrested. Uh, Marshall Price, he faced a similar situation, but unlike Shayna, he's he was beaten to death, I believe, and uh, under very suspicious circumstances in jail after being thrown in prison for Kratom in Arkansas. Uh, Mike, John, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for all the significant work that you guys have been doing and taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, to begin, I guess, Mike, you can start and we'll go to John. Can you guys tell us how you got involved in these causes and uh, what drove you to champion Kratom? Well, thanks so much, Matt. Um, big fan of the show. Well, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I found out about Kratom like back in 2016 when all that craziness was going on where the FDA was trying to get the DEA to ban it. And, you know, I, um, I mean, just a little bit about me is I was a former opiate and IV heroin addict. So, you know, I've always been like a bit of a hustler. And so I found out about this Kratom that everyone was, you know, talking about and like that their FDA was trying to ban that. I was looking for a, some type of alternative that wasn't, cannabis wasn't medical cannabis mm -hmm. um which i also um definitely utilized so you know i, I was um I, I found about found out about kratom and at that time i was still on suboxone so i was i it, it like worked wonders for me i was like had lower pain i deal with chronic pain issues uh low, lower pain more energy and focus and i was like oh i wonder if i could sell this stuff so I actually just started selling it locally 
and that's how it kind of like people would be like, hey, is this is this Mike or is this the uh, the the guy with Kratom in, in Boston, the, the Kratom guy? So it kind of just grew organically, and then the podcast was actually my way of keeping in contact with my text list because the, it was getting so so the, the texts were getting so big as I was filling everybody in about like all this the local ban attempts or uh, KCPA hearings and like all this stuff that was that was happening, and then um, I mean just to to ra- wrap it up, it it um, basically my son was born, it, it became more of a liability than an asset to continue to try to sell Kratom, uh, but the podcast stuck. So doing the podcast, I've been able to connect with all these really great advocates, really great people um, who have been fighting to keep Kratom legal in this country. And that's when we found out about, and like you said, I've had you know some, some really great doctors, Dr. Mark Swagger, a clinical psychologist. I just had, um, Dr. Cornell Stanchu, who's a uh, addiction addiction psychologist, um, and Dr. Smith, who's running the NIDA, the the current Kratom NIDA study on right now. So it it came to the point where we found out about Marshall Price. Marshall Price, we didn't even know he was arrested, but we found out that he was sentenced. They tried to give him 25 years to life in prison in Arkansas. Um, and that was the original, original amount of time they, the DA told the jury and they knocked it down to 10 years and within, so we, we found out about Marshall Price. There's all these, uh, Facebook posts and news articles, and we connect with the family and we started working with the family about how to file an appeal. And, uh, that's when I met John and I was like, we need to file an open records request to find out all this dash cam footage and all you know all this other stuff we wanted to know from the cops and it was man it was three weeks into his sentence and we found out i I woke up to just like this slew of messages from marshall's sister sheena and uh that he was killed in prison jesus christ man wasn't he beaten to death or something killed in jail yeah he, he was he was waiting to be transferred to prison to serve out his fucking tenure sentence for Kratom. And uh, yeah, well, I, I can let John kind of, the, the official story that the DA and the, the state police gave, like there's so much corruption. I, I don't even know if we'd be able to cover it all in this podcast. Yeah. Well, we can um, touch on that. Let's let John introduce yeah. himself before we start uh, getting off on these tangents here. <laughs> sure. Hey guys, uh, first off, thanks for thanks for having us on here. Um, I've always gone to you guys' site um, regularly, a couple times a month, and I'm a big John Bircher, so you know, I know William Norman Grigg is with you guys, and y'all too, so. R.I.P. <laughs> yes. It's awful, but yeah, man, um, big with the John Birch. Um, so I worked in law enforcement for a number of years, about 10 years. Um, started in corrections, became a police officer, um, moved up to St. Louis, Missouri from Kentucky, from my hometown, and um, started going, went back into corrections this time as an investigator and assigned to a gang task force in St. Louis with their correctional facility because it was out of control. It was wild. So um, very long story short with that, I found a group of officers, there was five of them, that were smuggling 
heroin and pain pills into the prison and giving it, selling it to inmates that were in treatment programs, substance abuse treatment programs. So I took it to my administration, uh, was basically told to ignore it. And you know, it's something that I cannot do. So I got a hold of the state representative who oversaw the oversight committee for the Department of Corrections and went to him with my concerns and went and saw a county prosecutor try to get some probable cause statements on these guys and get this problem taken care of because, you know, look, you're in prison. I get it. It sucks. It's terrible. Um, I'm a big constitutionalist, huge on, on constitutional rights and constitutional liberties, but praying off somebody's weaknesses like that and you're a statutory peace officer is you know the worst thing you could do so i took that to my state representative and blew the whistle on it ended up getting fired and won a um won a high profile whistleblower suit over that ordeal got out of law enforcement and i have a um, tactical uh private security company now and we do we do quite a lot with that so things are good there on that front but yep mike met Mike and I met exactly how he um, described it over Twitter. I found out about the Marshall Price, that a man was arrested in Arkansas and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. I was like, wow, what a terrible injustice. Didn't even know it was illegal there. I lived two and a half hours away from the town where it happened at. So um, me and Mike linked up. I wrote an open records request to the, um, to the sheriff requesting the body cam footage for the original stop because from what I heard, uh, there was no probable cause for that stop. And that was deeply troubling. So um, did an open records request and asked for body cam footage of that stop and also dash cam footage of that stop. I got a good knowledge of what to look for and a chain of custody on the evidence that was secured um, a week after filing that open records request to the sheriff, we found out that Marshall Price, unfortunately, was murdered. Now, there's some controversy surrounding his death. Was this like, do you guys think that it might have been the, the jail guards or the like the deputies in the jail? Yes. Wow. Uh, I'll let Mike kind of go into it, but I'll take about a minute here. There are some things that unfortunately we just can't say right now and you guys mm. get that you community you know so um if i had to bet then yeah i would certainly bet on that what was so you guys had a look at all of uh the information that you foia'd and was there any probable cause was there anything that led you to believe uh this wasn't a targeted uh, arrest no there wasn't that from the traffic stop to the death was all just surrounded by controversy and absolute shadiness there was no probable cause for the stop itself marshall was stopped there's a little tactic that police like to use especially in southern little crap hole towns like Parrotwood, arkansas where they'll say that your license plate was not illuminated or mm. you have a brake light out we all know the trick so yeah the officer goes up to the car. Oh, I happen to smell pot or I happen to smell alcohol. Can you step out of the vehicle? So there was no grounds for the stop at all. And we know that there was no grounds because that count was dismissed by the jury. And also Marshall's sister, Sheena was called to the arrest scene uh, where they 
arrested Marshall that evening and was allowed to drive the vehicle home. So are the police going to let you take the car home that has, you know, faulty safety equipment? <laughs> right. Wow. That... Yeah, Sheena, Sheena had asked because um, Marshall called her right when he was being pulled over. And he's like, I'm being pulled over and this is the area that I'm at. And then Sheena called their mom. So they had both shown up to the scene separately. Um, and they were, I mean, this, the one of the cops, according to Sheena, actually um, unclipped his holster, put his hand on his gun and his other hand up and told the mom, uh, who is elderly and frail, to, you know, to stop coming, coming towards them. Um, so the, uh, the, the stop, you know, Sheena, Sheena was like, well, what about the car? We don't want to get it impounded. Can I drive it home? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. And she's like, but what, they, I'm not going to get pulled over because of the light. And she's like, they're like, oh no, no, don't worry about it. You can drive it. And she drove it out of there. And she checked and said that there was nothing wrong with it. Is there any speculation, uh, or was there any like footage from the body cam that would lead you to believe that maybe the kratom was planted in the vehicle there is no footage from the body cam because they told us it doesn't exist oh well yeah so for, first they um we got no response at all from the open records request and then john i believe followed up with uh the attorney general and then he he got a response from them saying you have to be an arkansas resident to file <laughs> So we just had the family filed the same request. And that dash cam footage was one of the few things um, that they didn't even address. And uh, and he finally got back to Julian, Marshall's daughter, and said, um, it, it doesn't exist. And I was like, hey, can you get clarification? Ask them what the fuck that means? It doesn't exist? It means it was deleted? Like, what, what happened to it? Yeah. Sure. And they said it was only, um, John, correct me if I'm wrong, that it was only a 90-day retention rate that they keep that stuff. Marshall was only in jail for three weeks. And for some reason, they don't have that footage because John was going to tear that footage apart as well as the, um, the chain of custody because I'll let him explain that. But I guess that's where a lot of cops really fuck up on evidence. Yeah, yeah. That terrible i mean the 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 i guess the obvious part the the big elephant in the room is that he would have never even been in prison if they hadn't made a plant illegal in arkansas you know that that helped so many people and like you said mike at the beginning when you said that you were uh you know you you had a, a opioid addiction problem um I, that's what i you know I, I didn't have i was never addicted to opioids but that's what got me so big into Kratom is that I, I do had, I did have a lot of friends that were really big into opioid addiction. And, um, so many of these people have told me that that saved their lives, you know, and here they are arresting a guy, Marshall Price in Arkansas for having the same thing that's saving lives, like literally saving lives and getting people off of lore tabs and, and Oxycontins and, and all this. And, they're putting somebody in jail for using that thing. It's just, well, well not, not just that, but Marshall was one of those people. He was addicted to heroin and meth. And he was sustaining from both those hard drugs and all hard drugs and only mm -hmm. drinking Kratom a couple times a day. And it just, we've sat with the family and just have cried with them 
like it was, you know, that day, that day I was on the phone with Sheena, you know, that next morning while she went to the sheriff's office and I was able to listen in on, on that conversation. But, you know, they, they say that they got their, Julian was like, I got my dad back. We got Marshall back and he was doing so well, which is just like the, this, it's just so fucked up. Yeah. In in so many different ways, man. And speaking of that, we could we could talk about uh, Shayna Brown too, and her case is even. I mean, I, she's obviously still alive, which makes it much better. But the fact that she was only over the border by two hundred feet from a place where it's completely legal to to have it, and she she had what roughly two hundred and fifty grams or something like this with her, and. What, this is this is what's really crazy. So I'm not only an advocate for Kratom, but I also frequently take it. And over the summer, uh, we had driven through. I actually stayed in Arkansas, and I had probably about a hundred gram like Ziploc bag with me that I just bring for travel, you know. And I didn't even realize that Kratom was illegal in Arkansas, and I just had it sitting on the table in our hotel room. Like I was talking with Jason before the show. I'm like, the maids could have turned me in, and I could be in in fucking prison right now facing 10 years for you know this this plant that i take regularly and it's it's mind-blowing and i also went to florida too and so i drove through alabama with the same amount roughly but so shana like she just bought some and then was coming back into alabama and these they they stopped her and arrested her for uh i guess roughly 250 grams of of uh which i i, I only i buy like four or five times that amount i, I buy a kilo at a time or two you know, and she just had a, a very little bit amount of it. And they threw her in jail and set her bail at a fucking million dollars. Like she's Al Capone or El Chapo or somebody like this. Right. And I guess after they saw how ridiculous that was, they, they lowered a little bit. But to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a young woman who's harmed nobody who had a, a, a ground up tea leaf in her pocket. Like, do you guys want to uh, give us some background on Shana's case and, and where that might be going? Yeah, I, um, you know, the thing with, with Kratom is, and you're a consumer, you know that you need a certain amount. You know, I, I take Kratom three times a day for various things. Um, so, you know, you know, you need a certain amount for a threshold. Mm -hmm. So the thing with Shana, it's just such a tragedy because the girl, like Marshall, cleaned her life up. Um, she did not, she's not a violent person or a criminal at all. I ran her, you know, I have software where I'm able to run background checks because of my business. So we ran her. Mike told me about Shana and I looked her background up and she is not a criminal whatsoever. Um, she had a cold check ticket from, or cold check charge from 2014 and disregarding a stop sign in like 2012. So not a criminal at all. I mean, right. and the fashion in which she was stopped, like Marshall, again, controversy surrounds this. Um, I'll let Mike get into it, but you know, we got we got some stuff going on with them right now. And we'll get into that open records request that was sent to the police department here in a little bit, but I'll let Mike fill you in on the rest. He's pretty well versed on it. She was, well, we, we were in contact with her when she was in jail 
And the only way we could contact her was to write her um, postcards. So, you know, it's actually a great way if anyone's listening that wants to contact her and, and you know, let her know that you're supporting her and what, 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 this do, what they're doing to her is wrong. You know, um, we can give you the address. Yeah, we'll but, put that below the podcast. We'll put that in the information on the podcast and um, we'll remind us to get that address for me so we can put it there. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, we found out. So I've been in contact with her. I was when she was at the other jail um, in Escambia County. And there is an Escambia County, uh, Alabama and Florida. So she's in Alabama. When she wasn't there, it was a lot easier to contact her with her. So I was in contact with her like daily. And from our conversations, we really try not to talk about the case because you know, what you say can and will be used against you and everything's being recorded in there. But she did let me know that she was stopped by a four cop car roadblock. Now, okay. we sent open records requests to find out information because if there's a police checkpoint in Alabama, it has to, we found out it has to follow special protocols that, um, as far as notifying the public um, and um, clear signage and there, there's something else. So what we got back and they were like, there was no, there was no checkpoint that night. So we, we really want to know what this four cop roadblock, I mean, was that really for, for her? And if so, like, how did they find out about it? It's like yeah, entrapment, basically. They're trying to catch people buying Kratom in Florida and coming back into Alabama or something like that. It's exactly what it is. And I do have reason to believe that there's, there is unconstitutional um, surveillance going on, that the Fourth Amendment, once again, with a legal substance is being circumvented the open record request detailed there was no way for this um when i called when i first there was resistance from the moment i called the police department the very first thing i asked was who's your pio um can you put me in contact with your public information officer we don't have one you don't have one <laughs> well, like, what? excuse me I've worked on an eight-man department before, and there was a, there was someone designated that task to be a PIO. You have your evidence custodians, you have your PIOs, you have you know um, all these things. You guys already know this. So we asked for, well, I asked for um, information on that roadblock or the any roadblock, any roadblock, police safety checkpoint, sobriety checkpoint, safety checkpoint or anything that could be considered a roadblock by the Fomaton Police Department between the dates of February 02, 2023. And I did it two weeks after hers, just so they didn't, you know, I know that they know what I'm looking for, but just to see if they would comply with that whatsoever. And the response that I got back from the police chief himself was, the Fomaton Police Department does not perform roadblocks, safety checks, any of that, it, they're, they're all conducted by the Arkansas State Police. So I contacted the Alabama Bureau of Investigations and they said that is absolutely not true whatsoever. Put your concerns in writing to us. Wow. Yeah, so uh, it looks like at least on some level there, there might be some accountability here and uh, I wish you the best of luck on that. When I was looking up for more information on Shayna, I found on her GoFundMe uh, that she was moved to another facility. 
uh, due to, to inmates extorting her uh, for her canteen donations. And uh, it just sounds so brutal. I mean, first of all, she doesn't belong in there. She's not a hardened criminal. You know, it, she had a plant in her pocket. Uh, but then I was also kind of surprised that they were classifying this and framing this as uh, trafficking, as drug trafficking. Uh, can you guys maybe speak on why they would make that assumption or I guess that assessment? And was there any, again, probable probable cause here uh, along with this case? Because it sounds like with all the uh, information you're providing us, it sounds like this is another targeted uh, arrest and uh, potentially even something more deeper and uh, ominous than that. As far as the trafficking, it's, man, we, John has interviewed numerous high-end uh, lawyers that are well-known in the area for taking high-end drug cases. And one of the lawyers who, just about every other lawyer like, said he's one of the best, is um, he was like, she would have been better off getting murder charges because there's no mandatory minimum on murder in Alabama, but there are on Schedule One substances. Wow. And Kratom was classified, I believe, 2017 in Alabama. You know, it was shortly after all that craziness. Um, the FDA was contacting, as far as we know, was contacting states saying, we're going to ban it. You might as well just go and do it. And a bunch of these states had a bunch, I think five, jumped on it. So it's the fact that it's a Schedule One substance and there's mandatory minimums. And it's not an exaggeration. She's looking at 10 years to fucking life. Like, this will go to the higher court. I always get the, the courts mixed up between circuit and district. So I believe circuit and John can correct me. Um, it will go to the higher court. If she doesn't get out on bail, it's going to go to the higher court. Uh, grand jury will be convened. And she's ready to fight it. And that's what we're raising the money for, for the GoFundMe, as well as the, the documentaries to bring awareness to these two cases, Marshall Price and Shana Brown. Yeah, John had said something on the podcast that I listened to from you guys the other day that uh, kind of blew my mind about the scheduling of Kratom in Alabama and how the grand jury or uh, the jury is is informed about it. They don't even correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I believe I heard you say this during the podcast that they don't inform the jury of what the actual substance was. They just tell them that it's a schedule one drug. So these people on the jury could think that Shana was trafficking 250 grams of fentanyl, you know, which is enough to kill a lot of people. But then when actuality, it was Kratom and they might not be so inclined to even indict somebody if they're, you know, 200 feet away from where it was legal. Am I correct in saying that? Absolutely. And that would, you know, the problem also is, is that Marshall and Shana, public defenders, um, that that is a huge issue. And that's why we are crowdfunding for her the best defense because we believe that this could set legal precedents for the plant being illegal itself because of this the absurdity of this entire ordeal but yes that prosecute prosecutorial misconduct um 100 clearly and that has that has high profile cases um huge reversals on that and and here's the deal with both of these cases you have fruit of the poisonous tree. Evidence that was obtained illegally is not admissible in court. They have public defenders. They will not address it. Marshall and Shana, 
both of these cases. Now, there are different kratom arrests that are happening right now in all these areas. We don't know about them. Um, we're focusing on these two, but I'm sure that that veil of controversy exists there as well. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's just mind blowing to me, man, that that with everything going on in this country right now, that there's cops enforcing a, like actually going out and arresting people for, for having this plant. Not and, only that, you took an oath, man. You took an oath. You took an oath of the Constitution and swore to it by God. Okay. Not, you know, not only going after the Kratom, but violating constitutional rights. It's just shocking to me that people cannot wrap their heads around that part. Like, oh, well, she had Kratom. Yeah, well, she had Kratom. It was illegal. Sure. But how about all the constitutional rights violated by people who swore that they wouldn't do that? Actually, I have a, a, a question that might be a little bit more of a broader question for you, John, but, you know, seeing we're 50 plus years into the drug war, which has obviously been a complete failure, you know, I mean, authorities can't even keep drugs out of prisons, right? And uh, not to mention that the, the FDA approves synthetic opioid drugs that kill thousands of Americans every year, uh, more than all homicides combined. So as a, a former law enforcement officer, is this something that other law enforcement officers actually believe that they're, you know, trying to protect society or, or keep drugs out of, you know, the hands of kids or, or do they kind of actually acknowledge and know that this is more or less a legalized racket to uh, extort people and, and more or less, uh, you know, for gang stalking, targeting reasons can make people's lives miserable and make their lives hell if they want to. Uh, is there a general, you know, sentiment or, or prevailing mentality within law enforcement that this is all just kind of a, a big game or do they actually believe what they're doing is virtuous? Well, um, somewhere like Paragould, Arkansas, they do believe I would say that it's virtuous, but in other areas, um, police departments just should be, um, just go ahead. And one thing that I am in agreement with different groups that I don't see the right, the, the, exact same with is defund the police defund the hell out of them i can do a better job than they can the cops are only concerned about their retirement and their insurance you have absolutely wonderful health insurance working in law enforcement and you got a pretty sweet retirement because you do 20 years to the door and you're done um and you got you know great benefits so that is what most police officers say 80% to answer your question, 80% are in it for the retirement and for the benefits. Um, I'd say maybe 20% actually probably do believe in it. My brother is currently a police officer um, at, a, at a good department. Um, they stopped prosecuting marijuana. Marijuana is still illegal in Kentucky. Um, they stopped prosecuting marijuana years ago. The uh, Commonwealth attorney there said, don't send me uh, pot cases unless it's large amounts of trafficking. And so um, his chief was all for it. So you have instances like that. But then the, the, the officers down here that you see in this Wilmington, Alabama with Shana are out to make headlines. That's what that's about. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're making 15 bucks an hour, man. They're, 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 they believe in it, I'm sure. 
Right, right, right. Well, they want to believe that they're they're superheroes, right? That are uh, just just doing their job, I suppose. Um, along those same lines, and this might be a bit redundant, but in 2018, we covered a story about a group of scientists that all came together to send a letter to the DEA, uh, basically concluding that labeling Kratom as a Schedule One uh, would increase the number of opioid-related deaths in the U.S. And of course, you know, it makes perfect sense, right? Like if you think about it, this is uh, not controversial, it's it just common sense, right? It's logical. Uh, and this was, of course, after when the, I guess, then FDA commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, uh, warned that there's strong evidence that Kratom compounds were opioid properties. Um, and he claimed that there was like 36 deaths related to Kratom. And um, of course, it all turned out to be BS. And we could get into that a little bit here. But it feels like because so many people are unfamiliar with the Kratom plant, and of course, they, they fear what they don't know. And uh, by default, they, they trust the experts and the authorities. I mean, is this just another modern day reefer madness in the making? So that when, when Scott Gottlieb declared that as opioid properties, you know, they were able to do that for a little, a little known computer model. I forget what it's actually called. Um, and they're like, oh, it reacts on the opioid receptors. So hold on a second, gotta get a... <clears throat> so, um, so it acts on the opioid receptors, so therefore it's an opioid. And it's very different. You know, Kratom reacts as a biased partial agonist, whereas something that's derived from opium is a non-biased full agonist. And what that means is that it operates on specific G-coupled proteins. That's how they talk to each other. And the way scientists have described it is like Kratom is like a dimmer switch that will only go up so high. And a full opioid is full agonist, non-biased. It can operate on all those G-coupled proteins and is like a just a, a light switch, either on or off. It can go all the way up. Like Kratom, it doesn't recruit beta arrestin 2, so you don't have... It's been proven that it can't cause respiratory suppression. You know, all the cases that we're seeing, the vast majority of them, you know, we we want to know the truth on these cases too. But, you know, a lot of these moms that are out to get Kratom, it, there's, there's literally anti-Kratom groups that they are like amassing in the thousands. There's a lawyer backing them that he said he's going to give them a million dollars to formally organize. And... It, we we can't get talk screens from them. We can't get any of the medical because usually most states, they won't give it out. It's only to the family. And, you know, those those original 44 deaths from the FDA, mm -hmm. one was murder by gunshot wound to the chest. <laughs> the person had Kratom in, it, in his system. Another guy was high on drugs and alcohol, fell out of a window, broken arm and a leg, refused medical treatment, and died that's a kratom death and then we're seeing all the other ones had um mixed with other other drugs or underlying health conditions and that's what we're seeing with all these cases right i i i say that you know i don't advocate for people to take kratom do your own research it's helped me and many people that i've known but you know you, you should look into it on your own and what we're finding is it's and i take it every day you know, and it's helped my life. And, you know, my family's fully behind me taking it. And I was able to get off the Suboxone that I was on for over eight years. That was just disgusting, disgusting medication. Nice, man. 
and it, it just it helps so many people like one of somebody from our team misty brown um you know we, we we're just this de uh, decentralized group right now but we're calling ourselves botanical action network and on her TikTok, she has messages people just for her content because she was also a previous addict people saying you've saved my life i'm no longer on pills no longer on methadone um it, like every drug you can possibly think of it's helping so many people and we're just saying okay well it, no kids shouldn't have it so if you want to make a law about it okay kids shouldn't have it it should be properly labeled and say and you know not adulterated with anything and that, that's like the extent of the law that we that we advocate for for sure man and uh miss misty that must be the the lady who actually got us introduced here uh who tagged me and jason on twitter about shana's case is that am i correct in stating that yeah on tiktok she goes by miss tease miss tease yeah yeah she's on she tagged us on on twitter and uh and that's who made this introduction but yeah uh back to you know the the cops thinking that they're doing good enforcing these laws uh on on your twitter mike i saw uh like a call to action because here in Louisiana, where I live, there was a measure to ban Kratom in East Feliciana Parish. And uh, so I was like, really? I, how did I miss this? You know? And so I went and I looked up the news article about it. And sure enough, they uh, and they, they, they shelved the measure, though, because now the lawmakers are trying to push for a statewide ban. And they cited no evidence whatsoever that it was causing any harm instead they're just citing the dea and fda's opinions on it and definitions of it and the sheriff of uh east feliciana parish uh jeff travis was like you know basically one of these these cops who's like gung-ho about like who thinks he's doing good you know enforcing this this prohibition and he's like i believe it's not a good substance it's being abused you know, that's what the, the, the advocate quoted him as saying. And that's just, it's, it's crazy. We just brought up those 44 deaths from the CDC that they had been documenting and throwing in the face of everybody to try to say that Kratom is dangerous. And that's with, 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 in regards to those deaths, like the, the CDC set out um, like a reporting methodology that, you know, if they do an autopsy and Kratom is found, it has to be reported like that. So those 44 deaths, which the American Kratom Association has pointed out, only, like you just said, they, they only had Kratom in their system, right? They didn't necessarily die from uh, a Kratom overdose or, uh, or anything related to Kratom. And even if they were, even if these 44 people, if Kratom killed them, if they took Kratom and dropped dead, then still this is... Uh, this is magnitudes more safer than Valium than, you know, than, than any kind of opioid that's prescription strength and, and then, then Tylenol, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is magnitudes safer than, than all of that. And the, I think you guys would agree with this. The reason that I believe that this is that Kratom gets so demonized, like we'll have these, altruistic sheriffs like Travis and East Feliciana Paris who thinks he's doing good by keeping dope out of kids hands you know but the overall you know puppet strings behind all this is I, I think you guys will agree that it's it's got to be big pharma right like we were we were just talking about Scott Gottlieb 
and how in for for years as as his role in the FDA, he was always coming out and saying that there's no evidence that kratom um, can help uh, reduce dependency on opioids and get people off opioids. When in fact, when Gottlieb was at GlaxoSmithKline they actually patented one of the alkaloids of kratom mm -hmm. for that very reason they were actually studying it so they could use this kratom alkaloid to wean people off of opioids and he knew this and he's still you know going out there lying and like that that criminal organization from the top level down like gottlieb and, and his ilk is ending with you know with marshall and Shayna suffering at the hands of the enforcement class because of this it's it's a it's a disgusting situation. And, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, like I think that, you know, that, that we definitely need to take some action and 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 resist this tyrannical bullshit that this that is coming from the top down and ending it in cases like Shana's. Well, let me really quickly say that um, down there in Louisiana, it's an absolute mess. Uh, we got a guy awesome guy. He's a vendor. His name's Paul Snexire. Owns Sacred Rivers Tea Company. He's a Afghanistan veteran times two. Awesome guy. 82nd Airborne guy. Just mm -hmm. uh, awesome dude. Awesome dude. And he is like us. He knows. He knows all the fabrications that our government has pulled. You know, he was there in Afghanistan and saw the poppy plants and <laughs> has, has some knowledge. You know, the man is... Um, a lot of respect for Paul. Paul and I started digging into some stuff down there and um, conveniently found out that there was a treatment center, a drug treatment center that gave $6,300 to the um, sheriff, to the sheriff there. What county was that in again, Mike? Uh, um, Paul's County. I'm not sure. You remember? Um Anyways, he, uh, the sheriff, Jason Ard, yeah, that's the sheriff's name, was given $6,300 by this um, Lifehouse Treatment Center, and his brother is the parish president. So they uh, just said, whoa, we're just going to, we're going to ban this dangerous kratom. Well, Paul showed up to that, uh, to that meeting and went up there with his kratom and, and talked about it and talked about his experience. And that was, uh, that was staved off. That was staved off there. And mainly in part because of Paul. So what you're talking about with, is it big pharma? It's a combination of things. It's, it's, it's all of, it's, it's all of the, um, the stuff that, that, that we're against. It's big pharma. It's pushing this treatment for something that, you know, treatments not needed for the people are self treating with and mm -hmm. it's police enforcement. It's, it's your probation, fines it's your freaking it's the police and the it's it's the prison industrial complex and it's big pharma it's to answer your question oh undoubtedly and it's like it's so obvious and overt and like the fact like what i just said about scott gottlieb right like that this is these they just lie to your face and in the meantime they're researching it just so they could patent the alkaloid and then resell it as a pharmaceutical and we He's, see we see the same thing with with cannabis. You know, we've seen we've watched all that happen with uh, Sullivan Pharmaceuticals, who just made Marinol. You know, and not just, but made Marinol. And you know, you were getting thrown in a cage if you if you were caught with uh, with a little bit of marijuana. But if 
you went to your doctor and got it the marijuana from a pharmaceutical after it's been synthesized and put into a pill form you're, you're okay so it's, it's it's now it's all of a sudden safe so Gottlieb's at Pfizer now yeah and how ironic he, and we there's already um, companies that are already in the beginning phases of making medications and are studying to you know the single alkaloids are synthesized synthesized single alkaloids to make these medications yeah yeah they, they they've been studying it for years and and they've been denying that they were this whole time and uh man so let's get so we like to go in our podcast we like to talk about solutions uh to to all these problems and i mean outside of the obvious fuck them i'm gonna do kratom you know resistance solution you guys are uh working with a guy named joey papa who is um you, you're making a documentary called war on plants is that is that the correct name of it correct yeah and man just to say uh, joey papa for a second i mean his youtube channel yeah. uh, joey joey talks was all about his kind of recovery and journey and helping people through a lot of mental health issues and Kratom was one of the things that he really utilizes to this day. And he had, I believe, like over 32,000 subscribers. And right when he finished the GoFundMe, it, uh, he's like, I'm in YouTube jail, but as soon as I get out, you know, I'll be able to start making videos about it again. And the, the first video and the interview that John and I did also had over 32,000 views. And, um, yeah, so we're working with him after going on his uh his youtube show and we did uh, an interview and then the follow-up he's posted it on his new channel joey talks live and um he's like he's like, just you know these stories are so crazy we, we like barely scratched the surface on both of them and he's like yo you know i'm a videographer um i want to make this documentary so that's exactly what we're doing and yeah we're calling it warren plants and it's to focus in on these two cases and we'll be you know, we'll be going to a location on uh, both of them. We'll be talking to the you know Marshall Price family, and um, a really educational kind of awareness piece. And then on top of it is also um, top of the fundraising for the movie is the organization behind it, BAN, and it's to get BAN uh, Botanical Action Network cert as a certified nonprofit. So then when we're taking donations like for Shana Brown and yeah, she was targeted in jail. She had to move to a new jail because we had her canteen out there and we were giving it in these interviews and people were giving her lots of money and it um, made her a target. So, you know, we want to be able to kind of, uh, hopefully we don't have to, this doesn't happen to anybody else, but you know, one of the things that we want to do is be able to take those donations but then also, because they can only take so much out. Shana can only take so much out each week. That's why we now, since she's been moved, we don't have her canteen up. So, you know, we're part of this, part of this documentary is to get organized and to get more, to raise more awareness. Like, you didn't even know these, these hearings were happening in your own state. And that's what we're hearing right. from so many other people. So the AKA is just one organization, but they're not doing open records requests and investigative journalism, you know, the, or helping people who have been wrongfully incarcerated like Shana 
um, so that's everything that we want to do with the organization and, and the film. Man, I'm so glad we crossed paths, dude. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea you guys were doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to, all the links for all this uh, to our listeners there, we're going to have all this underneath uh, the podcast. So you can go and donate to the documentary. You can donate to Shana. Like I'm, I'm going to donate right after this. Like this is a, this is a big deal. Yeah, I was uh, surprised when Matt sent me the link for the video that you guys uh, had recently done and YouTube had taken it off. YouTube completely censored it. Uh, I got the the standard default YouTube uh, message saying this video no longer exists. So uh, either you guys are doing something right and you know they're watching you so closely <laughs> that they're actually actively taking down your videos or... Uh, maybe a few of the the words that were spoken in the video triggered some algorithms or something. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but either way, it just speaks more to uh, you know the censorship and uh, more of just trying to to corral the narrative, I suppose, on on this topic. Uh, but you know, speaking of which, I know we just were kind of talking about solutions here. Uh, when I typed Shana Brown's name into a search engine earlier this morning. There were only three relevant search results that came up and two were local articles and then uh, the GoFundMe that I think you guys have put together. And of course, that's you know completely indicative of the clown world mainstream media coverage uh, that we currently have to live through and endure. Um, and you guys, you know, you just mentioned that you're putting together this documentary for maybe more exposure. Um, what, I mean, what else can we do for Shana? You know, like what can we do to kind of get her her? her name out there more? Um, do we need to influence the authorities in Alabama to p potentially reduce the harsh punishment? Uh, I know you guys are talking about getting a, a great lawyer and you got the documentary going, but is there any other possible solutions to writing this injustice that you guys could share with us? Yeah, that, that is one of the angles that um, John spoke to another lawyer down there, which is going after the bad law and getting, you know, it, it, either rescheduled or completely changed, but it's going after that law. But in addition to the GoFundMe for the, the documentary, the, the most important thing, you know, it, it seems like we're, we just opened up the documentary to higher level sponsors. So um, I've no doubt we're going to be getting that made, but there's a legal defense fund uh, GoFundMe for, for Shana. And that's like one of the best things you can do right now is donate any amount to that, you know, like it, we didn't even get into like what happens in that county. She didn't get a uh, preliminary hearing because apparently in that county it's law you have to request it. When you get arrested, you need to request it within 30 days or you might not have it. So, you know, this could drag on for years. They keep people in that county in jail for years and then will dangle a plea. And then they'll have to, if they reject it, they'll have to stay in there for, for, for more time. So this could drag on for years, you know, she was pulled over, I don't have it in front of me, um, April 1st. And the only time she saw sunlight was when she was transferred to the new jail after she became a target at the old jail when they, they wanted to, the inmates wanted to extort her for her quarantine money. So this could drag on for years. You know, she doesn't even get sunlight and it's all over Kratom. So, you know, that amount, and that's why every single lawyer is like, it's going to cost this amount. We're raising $30,000. We have $10,000 raised so far. It's because it's a 10 year to life sentence. 
like it sounds like it's like a third world country or something yeah but she's really looking at life so we're trying to raise as much money as we can there and even if you can't if you can't donate to it you can share the gofundme um hashtag uh free shannon brown we'll definitely have that in the the description and uh the caption yeah so yeah hashtag free shannon brown and then what really moves the needle about this gofundme is dm we all know the censorship is um especially surrounding kratom and stuff like this on the you know the big social media platforms so like dm text people email people that you think would care about it you know we just want to get um maybe i'll let john talk to it but we don't we don't want to put so much pressure on them right now while she's still in the jail you know the the the, the ceos and inmates like that that's why we're not doing like a you know phone campaign or um, maybe john can talk about that yeah i mean i'm to the point now to where you know she's been moved to a different she's been moved to a different county and all that um maybe they do need their cages rattled a little bit maybe they do need that um i'm a huge huge believer in you know when tyranny becomes law rebellion becomes duty my fifth great grandfather was a member of the lexington alarm um instant Ichabod griggs died uh, he was in the battle with lexington in concord he later died in new rochelle new york uh fighting the british so it, i'm just a absolute firm believer with everything that exists in my DNA of pushing back against stuff like this, making noise, kicking the can. Um, you know, when things are unjust, what, what else can you do? Um, yeah, I think it's all, I think it's about time to start making noise to really rattle their cage, call the prosecutor's office in Escambia County, Alabama, and tell them how disgusted you are that a girl may face life in prison over something that's legal 200 feet away i mean it's just think about this if you had a family member who um not even the addiction route who had muscle pain who had uh chronic migraines who had anything like that um seek some seek an herbal out and use it and it made their life exponentially better and not only does it become illegal they could be facing life in prison for possessing it i mean you know, we are very big on our firearms. We're very big on our personal rights and liberties. Well, this is a liberty. This is life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. This is your body and your health. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, before I was like, maybe we shouldn't kick the can and rattle things or whatever, but the girls facing life in prison. I mean, this is a small department who has gotten away with so many things in the past, many injustices against people, and uh, yeah, screw it. Make as much noise as you want. Here, here, man. As JFK said famously, those who make a peaceful revolution impossible will make a violent revolution inevitable. Absolutely. I'm not talking about getting violent here, but I think maybe taking it past the keyboard might be the next step that needs to happen. And and uh, phone calls are powerful. We. We've done some phone call, uh, you know, swarms in the past, and they 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 can have some serious effect. And it would it would the only bad thing about that was is that maybe they might take it out on Shayna, you know, like they might retaliate against her. But if she's moved out of the county, that that might not have 
uh, might not be such big of a risk there. Um, yeah, election years next year, and you know how well you know how that works. They uh, sure. all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed there. So, yeah, Great for point. sure. Well, uh, we're, well, we're I, uh, I, oh, sorry, I, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think it will would be now. None of that legal defense fund goes to myself, John, Misty, any of us. It goes directly to a lawyer um, and or her bail. So, you know, I, I think it would be easier to do, you know, one of these, um, you know, the phone, um, phone bank, whatever you want to call them, um, once we raise that money. So, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> I, I am still apprehensive because she is in there and she's only a county away. Or ask them to lower it. Call and ask them to lower this bail so we can get her the hell out of there. Yeah, she can have a new bail hearing. She can request a new bail hearing every 30 days. And she requested one and that's how it got dropped to 250 And then her most recent one she had, they just denied it. Yeah, We wow. were really hoping that was going to get, get lowered. They, they put people, child molesters, get out on bail for $25,000, $30,000, $50,000. You can go. You can Murderers go on the, get out. You can go on the Escambia County site and yeah. see the people that they're releasing back into their county, Yeah, into neighboring counties. Yeah, child molesters, yeah. pedophiles, sex it, offenders it, it is are getting released right, while, she's, while she's in jail. Yeah. It's it's so infuriating, man. I, I'm it's it's we've got a lot of work to do in front of us, man. And and uh, Mike and John, it's like it's been an incredible, uh, enlightening discussion here, man. You you guys dedication to uh, raising awareness and advocating for this, these atrocities and the legal treatment of Kratom and other like other plants like what you bet you guys been doing is it's inspiring, man. Um, you know the the stories of Shana and and Marshall. They 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 underscore this profound need for something to drastically change quickly. Um, I'm so glad we crossed paths and we met each other and and we got to do this. Um, we've never canceled a podcast guest to get somebody on earlier. You know, I mean, we would have done that if it was like Ron Paul or or somebody like that. But like you guys, you know, this is a big deal. We're gonna we're gonna try to push uh push this very hard man um before you guys go is there uh anything else that we haven't brought up already that you guys like to plug or that you know you that you want where people can follow you we're obviously going to put the gofundmes under the in the podcast description but uh if there's anything else you guys want to plug before we get out of here um feel free so i would say my twitter uh at kratom guys show and there we're doing a live space every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. And that's the Kratom Roundtable, weekly open discussion. So it's very open to the public. We know our opposition listens to it. And then that's 4 o'clock. And then every other week, we're doing an Advocates Mastermind. So at 5, we'll immediately jump off. And um, that's where we're you know, really coordinating. And that's over Zoom. And it's pretty tight knit and we're, we're starting to let people in slowly, but we want to make sure that people are, are vetted. And that's where we're doing a lot of this coordinated um, actions and coming up with these campaigns. And we have a whole group of advocates that are there every week on the round table. And then they're, they're showing up at the advocates mastermind. So, you know, we're, we're trying to expand it and, um, yeah, that would be the best place to, to find me and keep up with everything I'm doing is, is my Twitter. 
Yeah, and I've, I've got a um, got a Discord. We're working on a um, on our botanical advocacy or botanical action network Discord, but I've got a, a Discord where we talk about kratom and get into a whole bunch of different discussions on there. It's a really cool place, but if anyone wants a link to that, uh, just search Sheriff of Kratom on Twitter and hit me up with a DM. Sheriff of Kratom, I love it. All right, free thinkers, this episode is nearing the end. We wanted to take this time to remind you, if you found value in this conversation, please consider hitting that like button and subscribing to the Free Thought Project podcast on your preferred platform of choice. It's an easy, no-cost way to support us and ensure you never miss an episode. Also, the Free Thought Project operates primarily on the generosity of our listeners. If you believe in our mission and support our cause, please consider donating or subscribing by going to the membership tab at the top of our website. Your contributions ensure we are able to continue our important work having these important conversations, and your donations help us do just that. Lastly, if you're part of an organization or own a business that aligns with our mission and values, we are currently inviting sponsorships for our podcast. This is a fantastic opportunity to promote your product or make your brand visible to our engaged audience while supporting meaningful discourse. Thank you for your support, Freethinkers, and as always, thank you for listening. And seriously, John and Mike, like the, what you guys are doing is, is, is really amazing. Like you're not only, you know, Kratom helped you guys and now you're trying to help others. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really glad that there's somebody out there doing this, uh, you know, like, like you said, on top of the AKA. So, uh, man, guys, thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can reach a lot of people and and get justice for Marshall and get Shana the hell out of a fucking cage for a plant. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us.